usually your gut feeling is right. True. And when you find yourself in that situation, it's always better than the previous one. Yeah. You know, obviously you make mistakes and what along the way, but you always learn from those mistakes. Hey everyone, just before we progress, I just want to issue a trigger warning. Today we'll be talking about sensitive issues relating to depression and suicide. If you feel triggered, Please note that there are resources available to you. I will link them in the description. Welcome back, psychics, to episode two of Mental Health Talk. So today I have an extremely special guest. His name is Ben, and he has been a very long-time friend of mine since high school. Um, however, we did reconnect at university because of our common struggle at university. Our mental health was struggling. We both felt not included. It was hard to make friends. There was a bit of dabbling in like depression, anxiety specifically for me. So today we're going to go deep into the subject matter. And Ben has a really great story because he has experience at two universities in Australia. So did you want to uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. So um, as Nico has mentioned, um, I am uh, have been in two universities. So the first university I was in was actually at Monash uh, and I was studying information tech. Mm. Uh, so I was there for about, actually just about two years. And then I did a transfer over to RMIT. I am currently in right now and in my second year uh, studying industrial design. I think that's like so common that it's not like, like common knowledge that oftentimes when you go through university, you change majors. Like, I know a handful mm. of friends who just do, like, biomed. I've got people who do directing, and it's just, like, all over the place. And it's, like, so important to not stress on the fact that you have to figure life out day one of mm. university. Because my brother did 10 years of uni. He went from IT to creative arts, and now he's in the Navy. So it's, like, do you really know how to figure out your life as, like, an 18-year-old? Probably not. Totally. So, yeah. Mm. Um... I think it's really interesting that you changed universities because I don't think mm. many people do that. It's often changing courses, but did you want to just talk mm. about your reasoning behind why you left Monash? Yeah, surely. So, um, yeah, I think probably to answer that question, it could be good to sort of talk a little bit more about um, my experience sort of going from so again, I was just like Nico, we both graduated from the same high school and we entered university. Um, at that time, it's quite interesting to look at it because I think like many other students, uh, when I graduated together with them, I think it's just something that a lot of high school students face was just a bit of that confusion and not understanding what they want to do in their life because you, you've learned so much through your sort of years in middle school, high school, and you learn about different fields. And if it may be quite common in Australia, you have, you know, your um, sort of, you know, it was quite an interesting experience, I guess, um, coming from high school. I actually had a good time in my last few years. Uh, it was a time when I sort of developed myself personally, like my character, I think I, I sort of um, tried to improve myself and also just being a bit more open. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a time when I really made lots of friends, which I was really excited about. So with that, I had really high expectations going into mm -hmm. university. I was thinking like, okay, uni is going to be so big, right? You meet lots of fellow students and, you know, you, you get to meet lots of people mm -hmm. and just live your young adult life. So many and high expectations sort of, and like, that's know, the thing, yeah. the biggest culture shock. Like I mentioned this so many times mm. in my videos, but 
Like if you don't do research on uni, like be prepared because it's a completely different environment. And oftentimes mm. this is when like the mental health struggles kick in and they don't know who to ask, where to access help because this just hasn't been prepped to you in high school. And in high school, we live mm. in such a big bubble. Like you mentioned, you were like, things were picking up. You had like good friends. You liked your classes. Mm. Same here. High school was like, like up here mm. in terms of education yeah, and totally. enjoyment. So. 100%. <laughs> it, it's just bewildering. Yeah. So, you know, I was expecting, you know, like exactly what I had in high school, but even better at uni. Um, but yeah, so I joined in and I think one of the big shockers to me, I guess, was um, going into Monash Uni, I realized like, okay, I have no of my old friends going to that campus mm. per se. Like friends I was close, everyone else was going to different universities. And yeah. I think that is something that many people will sort of find out as well when you go into uni. Mm. There's a chance that you might not have your good friends going there. And even if you do, uni sort of just takes up quite a bit of time and you just start to lose those connections. I've got a question. Um, so like, mm. if you are going into university, do you personally wish that your old group of friends from high mm. school were also going to the same uni? Or do you think it's a blessing in disguise mm. that you can kind of learn mm. more and transform more if you were by yourself True. in a new environment? Yeah, I think that really depends on, I guess, your perspective, mm. like what you're aiming to take out of it. Because one way it could be that it could be good for you just to be really comfortable and you have a group of friends, but then that limits you from engaging with new friends. You sort of stick with that same group and you don't experience that uni life. In that specific situation, I would have enjoyed if maybe I had one or two, mm. just so that you know I have someone that I could meet. Because that, I guess, that will tie into the next thing. That you know, what was my experience like at um, university? So making friends, mm. and for me, um, yeah, it wasn't exactly the rainbow that I thought it was gonna be. Like you know, the white mm. the the USB um, wand. <laughs> Yeah, oh, <laughs> I I did not expect it, but mm. it was quite a shocker. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, you know, most it's it's. I'll, I'll stress this first that it is entirely possible to make friends at university. It just takes effort and all that. Mm. Um, but I think for me, it was also just, you know, like you've said, like in high school, you you don't really prepare for it, um, and so going into into my sort of like first year for that. I think it was just because I was really out of my element there because everyone in the IT cohort, like it is somewhat stereotypical, but um, everyone there had, you know, that sort of like specific interest. They're really dedicated to the work and all that. And I just stuck out like a sore thumb. Like um, I remember going into my very first class and I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're in these things like tutorials. So like, you know, 20-ish students were on like a computer lab. So I was like, okay, cool, right? We're, we're kind of like in a classroom setting. It's not like a lecture hall. And, you know, I can try to engage in conversation. Mm. I sat down and there was a group of uh, students. So I was like, hey, you know, my name's Ben, you know, like, you know, let's try to engage in something. And I remember the first thing they asked me was, do you speak Chinese? And I said, no. <laughs> and they're like, Okay, and they just turned around and never spoke to me again. Harsh. And I was like, okay, this is something. And <laughs> that sort of narrative kept going because um, I couldn't really hang out with, I guess, the international students because they saw me as like, 
you know, someone that isn't really part of the group, even though how, no matter how I tried. And when I tried to find the local students, I guess they saw me as them mm. and they didn't really want to engage with me. I remember, you know, um, seeing a group of students that were working on this, on this program. I was like, hey, that's really cool. You know, what, can you let me know? I was like trying to get something started. And they just kind of look at me like, it is quite odd because I never really saw this side from people involved, mm. I guess. Mm. Um, so my entirety of that year was just me trying to find people that I can talk to, but nobody mm. really wanted to talk to me. Mm. And I guess this also ties into my overall experience at that time. Um, so at that year in university, I guess, um, first off, I was just not feeling the program, the, the, the subject at all. I was mm. totally out of it. I tried my best to try to understand the material, but it just wasn't something that I was used to. Um, and again, you're trying to get help from your peers and everyone's not really wanting to talk to you. Mm. Um, I also had a really close friend with me that I had friend, well, I was friends for, for many years. Mm. Um, and at that time, he was also, I guess, sort of in the same boat with me. He wasn't really um, enjoying his degree, but I didn't hear from him for a very long time. Yeah. Um, for a matter of fact, I, I actually didn't hear from him for that whole year. And I guess that also put me down because this was someone that I usually talked to about my problems mm. and I didn't have that support that I needed. Um, and then during that year as well, there was many um, sort of big family events that happened. Right. So there was a passing of my grandmother and quite a lot of things happened at that time. And so um, my sort of parents and family, even my brother, like they weren't people that I could really talk to because they were already having their own problems. And mm. um, it just didn't feel right to be so questioning that because obviously they were facing like big yeah. issues and they were like you know don't complain about uni you know you're you're at uni you should be you know, making the most of it and I was like okay this is something wrong with me I, I just want to add in here that I completely agree mm. with the this is uni this is supposed to be kind of like the best time of your life because mm. my mom mm. never went to uni and she has like this idea that uni is like so smooth sailing it's better than working you should have zero struggles and that doesn't help when you go through these problems and I think I went through like a period of like slight depression and it was just really hard because I was trying to explain to her that I kind of needed help and then she was like get over it but not in a place of malice and so with what you just said it sounds like a lot has happened to you you know, there are some like adverse events, such as like the passing of a close family member. And then on top of that, mm. n- no social support from th- uh, friends or family. So like my question to you is how did it feel kind of being at your lowest point in terms of mental mm. health where there was like barely any support? Like what was your mindset like? Yeah, um, I think it was interesting to say the least, because I think it was the first time I really felt down per se like mm-hmm. I, I've, I've had my ups and downs but this was like the time where I felt down and there was also no one I could talk to mm-hmm. um and at the same time it was kind of interesting because I also felt it was the time that I found myself um not only at a point where I kind of ask people for help but also people were depending on me um at that time as well this is for, from family side of things um, my brother wasn't around, so I was sort of seen as the the 
only representative, I guess you can talk about family groups um, at the funeral and there's a lot of dependence on me. And so going forward, um, I guess there were some peers as well who were also feeling down and I just didn't really feel like talking about it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it just, to put it plainly, it just felt like it, it just sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just didn't know what to do at that point. I just felt really lost. I remembered, um, I think I, my, my first mindset, the first thing that went to my brain was, okay, Ben, just lock down and do your best, right? Just look at it plainly as get through uni, trying to make the most of it, this will pass. Hmm. And for me, I guess that's like a very brute force method. Yeah. You know, so like a reference to computers, but um, I guess that's where it comes from. Um, brute force methods don't work for a long time. So it kept me going for maybe, let's say, like the first six months of uni. And at that point, I was just running with dreams. You know, I, I think at that point, like, I, I made a friend or two, but it was after asking, like, I can't remember, like, hundreds of students at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't people that I really connected with. They were just people that agreed to be friends with me. On um, that note, I just want, sorry to interrupt, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, making friends at uni is not only hard, but making close friends that you can actually count mm-hmm. on is even harder. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to make a comment on the campus life in Australia. Well, maybe not the whole of Australia because mm. I haven't been to like Perth or whatever. <laughs> but in uh, like Melbourne, you and me, um, it's very mm. lonely. People stick to themselves. Even in tutorials, mm. it's not like crazy or anything or even lively to say. Mm. Everyone's just ignoring each other, ignoring the teacher. And so yeah. I, well, what's your perception on like campus culture in Australia? Mm. For the most part, I think, yes, I agree that university, the whole model, the structure, whatever culture of it is, is that it isn't very social. Like, apart, the only aspect of you sort of meeting people, like you said, is I guess you can talk about clubs and stuff. But when you're talking about classes, you, in your lectures, in your, in your um, tutorials, your students or whatever, I think it's just that stigma everyone's new to it. There's no instruction set or manual. Everyone just sort of falls back into a lockdown phase and they mm. don't really talk to each other. So I think you, I, I definitely 100% agree on that, is that, you know, for the universities in like, yeah, Melbourne, Australia, whichever, mm. um, it's just become a norm at this point where, you mm. know, you kind of just go to your lecture, you take down the notes from your professor and you bounce, that's it. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, this is something that was really interesting to me when I got into RMIT. Again, sort of industrial design program. It's one of those programs where you don't really hear about. It's a very small cohort, which I guess also changes the norm of it because I had a very different experience there Mm -hmm. because it's a program that's so limited in numbers and it's very much physical presence, you're building stuff, you're with your fellow peers, it feels like high school, mm. but an upper level of education. So it's very weird because there's no there's no lectures. We never go to a room that's more than 25 people, I think. We never go larger than that. Um, most of the time, it's maybe groups of 10 or so in your workshop. 
and you're spending three hours, which sounds like a long time, but that three hours is you building and talking. Mm. So it becomes a point where it sort of falls naturally because, you know, it'll start off from a simple spark like, hey, can you pass me that screwdriver over there? And then you sort of get into a conversation and then another student comes in and then you sort of make this group. And before you know it, two years later, you're having like weekly, you know, bevs at the local um, university bar or something. Mm -mm. We were completely duped. We were completely duped Mm. by media and like movies and stuff, which is predominantly like said in America as well. You go like, whoa, campus culture. Mm. This is going to be like the time of my Mm. life. Yeah, none of that in Australia. I feel like America lives up to that. There's really a sense of community. And I think something that Australia lacks and, in my opinion, should really, really work towards because it's not just academia, right? You go there to make connections and friends of a lifetime. And I think part of it is because America has sororities and so there are these natural bonding moments you have with people and you have an excuse to see them on a regular basis And what Mm. Australian unis kind of like forget is that in high school, we have recess lunchtime, we have classes with the same people, but that doesn't translate to university because we see people, what, one hour per week, maybe two hours, Mm. and then nobody talks to each other afterwards. Even clubs, like you'll have an event every two weeks. It's not the same Mm. sense of community and they don't give you the same excuses to have little bonding moments. Like what you mentioned, you were in class, you were like passing the screwdriver. That is a bonding moment, you know, because you're having an interaction. And I feel like we have mm, a lack surely. of that in Australia. Mm, yeah, mm. Australia, I think it's, yeah, we, the universities are very much just focused on academic studies. Mm. I think that's, that's the main issue. There isn't, when you sign up for it, it's, you know, they just advertise it as like, you know, whatever ranking in the world for whatever program that you're doing, you've got all these fantastic professors, but they never really advertise, you know, the student life. I I mean, they kind of do that now-ish, but I feel that's more of like a cover. Wait, what do you mean they do that now? As in like they're doing more ads to show? Yeah, I think nowadays it's like, so I think before, like, you know, years back, it would be like, you know, we're number whatever in this program come and do it but i think now they've tried to sort of tie that with you know what you should expect from Mm. a university and they'll try to be like hey we've got this many clubs but when you sort of join into it it's still the same thing you know i think right now they're they're starting to take the notion like hey student you know my uh um, so mental health and just social socialization is somewhat important now but they're just trying to make do the same, like, hey, we have all this, Mm-mm-mm. but it's in practice, it's not there. It's like theory, yeah. it's there, yeah. but in practice. Yeah. What a good point. Because uh, <laughs> I got a comment on this asking about Melbourne mm. University specifically and what student life is mm. like, student health access. And I just want to say to everyone watching that Melbourne Uni does invest quite a lot of money in psychological help. We have free counseling, mm. we've got cheap psychological sessions we've got a mental health club we've got free food we've got legal help advice that's for free a bunch of stuff that's amazing but I just feel like the community is still lacking and Mm. my question is because you went to you go to RMIT and you went to Monash Mm. what was Mm. the mental health aspect like did you have support Mm. 
was it easily accessible? Yeah. Was it marketed towards you guys? Like, what's your experience? Mm, totally. Um, first off, I'm going to say I'm very biased. Okay. <laughs> I had a, I, I didn't have a really good experience in Monash, but I had a very good experience in MIT. Yeah. Um, having said that, I think it's just purely because different factors that sort of came all together when I was in Monash just wasn't the best for me. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about, I guess, the resources, the support for assisting students and, um, you know, engaging with a psychologist or, or mm -hmm. any of that matter in the two universities, um, they both, both Monash and RMIT had support yeah. for that. Okay. And I recall, you know, both in my first year at uh, Monash and my first year at RMIT, I remember when we got went in, it's like, you have your orientation. Um, I think you've also mentioned this in the videos, highly important you attend those all weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they'll say like, okay, you know, what, here's what to expect from the university, your program, yada, yada, clubs. And they'll say, also, we have a mental health body of some sort, a support network. Um, you know, I think at Monash, the, you know, it's always with the student association and then they'll have like the Are You Okay program of sorts. Um, and I think it's fantastic that they do that, but it always just comes down to accessibility. Mm, yeah. And I feel like no matter what university you go to, they will always promote like, Hey, you know, we have this support network. Here's the website and everything there, but the follow up never really exists. I'm sure you've been in this mental health space as well, but when things are really getting mm. bad for you, you just want to retreat, you want to hide in your bed, and the last thing mm. in your mind is, hey, there's help out there for me. And yeah, totally. you think everything is just like against you and you're by yourself. And so maybe the issue isn't that there isn't enough investment in these bodies, like mental health clubs mm. and like yeah. psychologists. It's the fact that they're not marketed or something as simple mm. as this, like sending a mass email to everyone during exam season, mm. like we've got free mental health support, we're having a mental health week stall or some stuff like mm. that, I think will just make people yeah. aware that there is help yeah, out there. Yeah. Mm, you've worded that perfectly, like that, that's what I was trying to get at. Um, definitely it's just, yeah, you, you, at that point you just, the best way to really receive the help is having someone to talk to. Like, yeah. obviously, we are all social beings. The best way to receive the help is having someone, you know, mm. engage with you. Mm. And I guess this would be, you know, somewhat of my bias element, but I felt at Monash, that didn't really exist. It was very much just, um, here's a link, whatever, do as you do. Feel free to not answer this question, but have you mm. personally accessed mental health support? either on campus or like privately? No, I have, I've never like, um, taken like any professional help, but I recall at that time, you know, you have those like phone numbers that you call up if you have, um, I can't remember what they were called. They were like for, for students or children, like below, before, below 18. Everything was coming in and I had no, I, I just needed to talk to someone. Yeah. Um, and I recall, I did ring up that number. Um, and that was my first, and only sort of experience with mm. reaching out to, I guess, a mental health professional yeah. volunteer. I wasn't sure, but it was a very nice lady. I remember talking to her, and it, um, I remember talking to her was about um, saying her, I have this problem, 
um, that I can't talk to anyone. My brother is away and there's issues with the family and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Too many things was going in my brain and I was like, I, I feel like I'm going to shut down. I don't know what to do. Um, but just having someone to talk to and I remember she was just really good at listening to me. Mm. She, she told me some advice, but at that point, I was just like, okay, things aren't as bad mm. as it is. I just have to take a moment, look at it in perspective, and like, I just got to make the best of it. And yeah, um, I think it is highly important that, you know, no matter if you go and meet, you know, a professional psychologist mm. or, you know, this just a volunteer phone number, don't be too afraid to reach out. Like, I always thought that I was a very, um, like, I thought I was one of those people that were like, oh, you know, mental health is, you know, it, it, you just got to be strong in minded and whatever. Like, obviously, that's not the case. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a really bad situation, it elongates for a very long time, you know, the support. Also, I need to start, like, developing myself, my career-wise. Yeah, trying yeah. to get a job because at that point, I haven't really had a job yet. Having a job is so important and I would really encourage for everyone who's doing their like bachelor's degree or whatever degree to kind of find a casual job that can, you know, suit your full-time or part-time studies because it's not just yeah. about money, right? Because like you mentioned, you found basically a group for you. And the reason, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is because you're working towards a common goal and you have an excuse to see all these people and kind of team build And that's something Mm, that is so lacking in university. And so you not Mm. only get money, you get social skills, you get friends, you have a fun time. It's like a break from studies. Mm. So definitely key, key to surviving in my opinion (laughs) throughout the undergrad degree. Do you remember, not the first time we met because I was in high school, but the first time Mm. we like reconnected at uni because Mm. we had like a really Mm. massive and long talk about campus life, about mental health. And I Mm. think I was at a pretty low point when I reconnected with you because Mm. I was just like so confused. I had all these questions that nobody Mm. could answer and it was bottling up to the point where I just had my breaking point and I was like crying. Mm. I had an existential crisis. I was like journaling like the fuck out of my book. And it's kind of similar to like your breaking point where you had to call somebody Mm. for help. And I think everybody reaches their boiling point at, if you don't address mm. the little things leading up to it. And so, absolutely, yeah. So do you, do you remember at all, like how we, we reconnected and like yeah, the conversation? No, I, I, I remember really well. I think, um, yeah, at that point I was still in, I was still at Monash. Um, I think I was just in the process of moving to RMIT. Mm. So I think at that point, like, I was still feeling a bit down, but I was just about to get better. Yeah. And I, I do recall our conversation, and I, I I think at that point, you were also just about to finish up your My degree, degree as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we, yeah, we definitely had that conversation about, I can't remember how we really sparked it up, but I think, yeah, we, we talked about uni life, and then sort of a lot of, a whole blend of sort of, the um, issues that we were having, you know, be it sort of uni family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it was, at that point, I think, yeah, I still wasn't really sure, um, like, where to go from there, mm-hmm. particularly because, like, I still didn't know, like, okay, 
is industrial design going to be for, for me, right? Yeah. Is it you know, going to be the rainbows that I think again, or is it going to be something that I'm going to have again with uh, Monash? But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely re remember it. I think, um, yeah, we had a good conversation about, um, I can't really recall if we really talked about We were like, the... I just remember us being like really confused. Like we were just both venting, mm. just like, what yeah. the hell do it we do It was just like venting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's good. Like, you know, even though, like, it's always important to have conversations about, you know, be it positive or negative. And mm. even if you can't come up with a solution, it's just good to vent. Say whatever you want or vent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just feel better after venting. On that note, um, also relate back to the, like, the phone call mm. you had. Like, mm. humans are social creatures, and I just don't feel it's healthy to bottle things up at all and powering mm -hmm. on yeah. and that stigma with mental mm -hmm. health and so when you're like mm -hmm. struggling to call the person and wondering if you should do it or not i went through the same mm -hmm. thing because i was like i don't have a clinical condition do i still can i mm -hmm. still call them and i remember yeah. doing the same thing as well except it was like an online chat room and it just felt mm -hmm. so much better because a lot of the times mm -hmm. mental health professionals just their job is to listen so mm -hmm. i think everybody once in a while, just need somebody to like have have their like full undivided yeah. attention, just vent to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had that similar thing. Like actually, just recently, you know, I called you up because so um, as oh, I yeah. mentioned, I am doing industrial design, but um, I actually am not. I'm I'm currently taking a leave of absence right now. Yeah. So you know, right now I'm just sort of dedicating my time to really just further my understanding of design and practice, but. Um, yeah, I was at a point where, you know, it obviously not as bad as I was, you know, sort of like two years back, but, um, I was at a time where I, I just wasn't sure what to do because I was thinking of taking a leave of absence purely because we're not back on campus. Yeah. I'm not experiencing what I need to do in the program. And I was, um, I, w I was a bit worried about the issue of time. Mm. I think maybe this is something we can talk about where, you know, we're all always thinking about, okay, I want to have a really successful career. Yeah. I need to graduate within, you know, these three years. If it's a bachelor's program, I need to get my honors so after. Me. I'm going to be 22 by that age. I'm going to mm -hmm. be successful at this age. It's, I'm going to say this, um, you, you might be very lucky to get your exact plan as you want, but from my experience, plans usually don't go the way you want to. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's not it's not a good or it's bad thing. It's just how things are. And honestly, sometimes there are really happy diversions. Obviously, oh, when yeah. you asked me a few years back, I've been like, yeah, my plan is to do IT, graduate, and go into intern for. I remember I was thinking of Deloitte, which is some network security thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, whatever. Tell, tell him that, you know, I would have decided to change university, taken another leave of absence, <laughs> possibly going to take another leave of absence in order to do some uh, apprenticeship and then probably graduate when I'm like 50 or something. And that's fine. Let's try not to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's totally fine. It's, um, and for the most part, from my experience, it, it has always been possible because the reason why you took that change is because you had a gut feeling. Yeah. And usually your gut feeling is right. True. And when you find yourself in that situation, it's always better than the previous one. Yeah. You know, obviously you make mistakes and what along the way, 
but you always learn from those mistakes. And I think it's very, very important people don't fear that and don't fear time. Like mm. if it's going to take you five, six, seven, some people 10 years or even more to graduate, don't mind that because throughout that whole 10 years, if you're always keeping it positive and improving on yourself, you would have created, you would have taken your time to learn so many new skills and mm -hmm. opportunities that someone who just, you know, blasted through the three years and just go into the workforce, they wouldn't really have what you had. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's the time, but all those things are just, you know, a skill to prerequisite of another skill, of another skill. Exactly. And yeah, it, you, you end up in a really positive place after. What a great message because that's something I had to learn by myself at university mm. because like you, I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to be a clinical psychologist by the age of 25. <laughs> I'm going to have my own practice by 30. I'm going to, and then being a female, I was also thinking about like when I'd have kids, when I'd settle down mm. and all of that just went mm. to shit because you can't plan for stuff like that. You can't control Absolutely. the world to make yeah. things perfect for you. And even then mm. you think this is the perfect plan. It really isn't because what you're 18, you're in your twenties, you don't know like mm. what you want. So great point yeah. on like just following your gut because oftentimes that is mm. really what you want. And so just, mm. you know, fumbling along in life, that's all we can do and be less judgmental. If you need to do a gap year or take a break from studies, mm. this is all just mm. perfectly fine. I think it's your body trying to tell you, this is what we need. And it's the brain being mm. like, no, we have to stick to this plan, but you have to listen yeah. to your body and your mind. I, well, that's mm. what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, just take the time and always, you know, take opportunities that come up, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, when you take that break, something might come up at, at that point. Mm. Um, and you learn so much more from that. So, uh, yeah. Keeping an open mind because, yeah, mm. I like for the longest time I would have narrow tunnel vision. Like I would have to do a specific mm. thing and all these amazing opportunities would be missed. And now like during COVID, Obviously, I'm on mm. my gap year and I was hoping to do more. And rather than just focusing only on applying for psychology honors, which I'm still doing, I'm also doing like mm. a bunch of random volunteering things. And if I'm being honest, mm. I'm finding a lot more meaning in these random volunteering things than I ever expected. Yeah. And then I decided to, mm. you know, grow my YouTube channel, which I never expected to do a second video. So like this is, <laughs> yeah, you touched on a great point. You just kind of have to go with the flow of life. And if there's an opportunity mm. that interests you, that is not on your plan, maybe you should kind of explore that a little bit because mm. it might be better. Yeah, it's always, yeah, it never hurts trying, you know, if you don't like it, I can always help Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. what is, okay. I'm curious to know what is the biggest mm. thing you've learned during your mm. current academic journey, like through all your highs and lows, mm. like what is something you'd want to share to everyone that you've learned? Mm. No pressure. I think I've, it, it's kind of funny because I think through all these ups and downs and just meeting people, I've sort of taken on a lot of good advice and insights, but I feel there's always never no there's always never like one true way to do something. Mm. You know, it's like no matter how many how much advice you're given or tips or just strategies, it never there's no like golden key to anything. 
And I think for me, learning from that is always try to see whatever the problem is, whatever you're facing, try to see it from a different perspective. Mm. And I think this is something that I've also learned from my program, which is more on the academic side of things, but I found that also applies in life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's always really important that no matter what you face, try to take yourself out of the equation sometimes and just try to see it from a different light, you know, say, like, all right, say for right now I'm having my issues, or like, do I take the leave of absence? I try to take myself out of the equation and think about, okay, um, for my, my goal is I want to be successful. So from the perspective of an employer, what would they like to see if I took this leave of absence? Mm. Is it positive? Is it negative? And I think we really need to take ourselves, take a step back, reflect, and yeah, I think it's always just perspective. I think that's one of like the most amazing messages that you can like tell somebody because okay, mm. circling back to to put it bluntly, like the suicides on mm. campus, because there's no way of sugarcoating mm. that ever. Mm. And it's the most tragic thing when you hear it word of mouth and it's not really reported in the media my heart really hurts when i hear about a suicide because i just can't help but feel that it's literally a permanent solution to a temporary problem and it's something that happens time and time again you hear it it doesn't matter what university you're at you're always hearing about these things and i just i just want to know like what your opinion on all of this is and how we can kind of reduce this happening in the future mm. yeah it it's definitely such a big topic to cover like obviously i have i'm not well known like i, I don't know much about psychology mental health yeah. and i know um i'm just sort of talking from you know my opinions on it yeah um but yeah it's i think definitely sort of you mentioned it's very prevalence like it happened a lot in universities like I think when I entered RMIT and I was like you know I talk all good about RMIT the student support but when I was there for that first year there was actually two suicides that occurred oh, and they true. occurred within yeah they occurred back to back I think within like three weeks one happened and then like two or three weeks later another happened and they were both at the same location um oh, and you know again it's sort of Starts up with word of mouth. You know, I, I remember that I was going from one class to the workshop and I saw like police tape and I was like, why can't we go to the workshop? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the classmate told me, mine told me someone jumped. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just very odd or just, it, it, yeah. I think at that point, my first reaction was like, how did this happen? You exactly. know, I, I felt like, RMIT was such a positive experience for me. And I was like, you know, why would it of all universities that happen at RMIT and stuff like that? But, you know, again, yeah, you, you sort of have to understand from people's perspectives as well. It also depends on the situation they were in. Um, and, you know, universities, your programs, they're, they're so different. And one student's experience from this, the same university can be completely different from another. You know, at Monash, my IT experience, I could have felt a lot more better in a different program. Hmm. Um, and I think the way to, I guess, sort of jumping back into the question about um, thoughts about um, 
student suicide and mm. you know how to alleviate that. I think as much as it is, it's always about you know quality time. You need to spend like the universities themselves have to spend really quality time with each student. And obviously that's gonna be very difficult. You have yeah. so many students in the university, you're trying to send the support there. Um, and you know, I get to see what the university is trying to do. You know, I run a student club at the Armand University, and we're all always trying to, you know, well, the main focus every time, like I think this is of course every single club is how do we improve the social support for students? Yeah. Um, we need to, you know, really support the social network and get people talking. And mm. yeah. I, I honestly don't know, uh, to be honest. I think it, it just comes down to being good to each other. And I think, you know, yeah. I try, and I think many students try to do that. Mm. You know, when we see, you know, someone who's having a really bad time or we know that someone isn't really talking to anyone else, we try to like, you know, hey, of course. how are you doing? What's your name? Blah, blah. And I think if there's one takeaway I can take from now as well for anyone who's watching, you know, I feel everyone right now, especially in Melbourne, was so locked away from other just send a quick message to someone you haven't talked in a while you know mm -hmm. um i think everyone it's again so look from that perspective your friend hasn't really talked to anyone in a long time what would make them really happy maybe hearing from someone right just mm -hmm. send them a quick message say hey how you doing um yeah i think you know as much as we can sort of put the blame on universities and everything we should also try to improve that Do more. so yeah you know, that's where as peers um, and stuff yeah just try to make the first step i also want to add because a lot of times like the media doesn't report on these things so it's hard to understand mm. who who is committing suicide is uh, are they international mm. students local students do they have a lot of family mm. problems that they just can't cope with do they have a language barrier that's preventing them from accessing help and so i feel mm. like the university, of course, is one part and also peers is another part. So in my mm. ideal situation, I'd love for the university to really get together, have a board meeting, mm. have some professionals in like psychology mm. in like policy management. I don't know what it is, but just get the best team mm. together and really implement a plan for the future of the yeah, students. Surely. Because, you know, Absolutely. you imagine it from a parent's perspective, like you raise this child to be 20 years of age. And then mm. you, you hope, you send them to university in the hope that they'll become better and grow yeah. more. And then the opposite happens. Mm. And it's just like, how did this happen? And then there's also mm. the peer side of things. Like you mentioned, send a text, check in with people. Um, mm. a, a lot of it is just easier said than done because you can't really tell if somebody is going mm. through a really dark moment because some people really get yeah. hiding things. Mm. I'm currently volunteering for a place and what they do is they have like these forums and it's really mm. active surprisingly so there's a bunch of young people like i've got this problem give me help or it could be fun stuff like i just want to hang out can you guys talk to me and i think that if mm. maybe the university did something like that as well people can you know speak anonymously they can build connections online mm. as well because the goal of volunteers is to check in with people once they've made a post or if they have been inactive for a few days or weeks to see how they're doing. Mm. I think something like that could be a very good way to maintain health in like the long term, mm. but also immediate yeah, help as absolutely. well. Yeah. Oh my God. This has been such a 
a very serious <laughs> matter that we're discussing. Uh, two, both not qualified <laughs> to speak on the subject matter, but it's important yeah. to get, you know, the community's mm. like perspective on this because we're all mm. in this together. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, I'd love to end on a positive note because we've been saying a lot of yeah. dark things and I'm sure people, you know, want a bit of optimism in their life. So mm. um, I would say that just don't stress too much about it. I think, you know, no matter where you're at, like my experience was very much just a series of mistakes that I made. You know, I didn't really think about, you know, exactly what's good for me. I went into a degree that's completely not in my interest. And it's just a whole series. Like there was also up, um, um, practice that came from, you know, the social side of things. It wasn't a person, but for the most part, like, university is actually what it is, you know, it's, it's going to be a place that you get to meet friends, and I think you've, you've made a series of videos of, like, you know, how, what, what strategies you can sort of take in place mm-hmm. to um, improve your experience in university, and, yeah. you know, just take those, right, exactly. watch those videos, <laughs> like, watch, just binge watch all of them about, you know, like, student club support, and, like, integrate your career, like, I sort of mentioned that, right, you know, you, um, if you're studying, you know, um, engineering, don't be scared to do a job at a cafe or something. Oh, like, yeah, like completely different, sure. right? Keep your mind flowing. Keep your mind like I, I really do enjoy the, the mindset of keeping your brain active. I, I really mm, hope yeah. this talk doesn't deter people and scare people from university. <laughs> what we're talking about is literally like the what's it called? The smallest percentage or mm. something mm. that happens to a lot of us, mental health, but it's not the extreme yeah. necessarily. And so yeah. for me, I love university now that I have more mm. perspective on it. Um, I think it's mm. all about equipping people with the right mindset and tools so that when you know you hit mm. a roadblock, you know how to deal with it. Because uni is one of the best experiences you'll have in life. And the friends you mm. can potentially make are you know, there for life. <laughs>